morning. How's everybody doing? Yeah. Hey, we're talking about football. Who's excited? Football. Uh, do we have any Gators fans in the house? Woo! Still cheering for them, huh? That's cool. That's, that's awesome. Um, I am, I'm honestly such a bandwagon fan. If they would have won, I'd be cheering for them too. Um, but my, my mother-in-law actually just retired from Ohio State. She was a research librarian. And so I'm an Ohio State fan because they're number one. If they lose, if they lose, I'm off the bandwagon. But right now I'm like, Ohio State, what's up? Um, I'm a pretty big fan. I'm excited about talking about uh, football and sort of this whole series of the big game. And if you haven't been here or you weren't here last week, the idea behind this series uh, is basically that if we look back on our lives, when we kind of get to the end of our lives, when we look back and determine if our lives were worth living, if our lives were good, we will determine that based on the relationships we have. In other words, if we look at our life and go, okay, the big games that are in our lives, did we win, did we lose, how did we do in our big games, we will look back at the relationships and judge it. We're not going to look back at how much work we did. We didn't look at how we did in our jobs and promotions we got. We will look back and judge our lives based on our relationships. Our relationships in our lives are the big games of our lives. And our success or failure, and as we see it or as we know it, will have to do with the way that we approach those relationships. So this series is all about relationships. If you weren't here last week and didn't hear Matt's message, I had lunch with a guy um, this past week. He said it was probably the best relationship uh, talk that he's ever heard. Especially has to do with conflict and some things. If you didn't listen to it, you've got to go online or you've got to listen to the podcast, but it was absolutely awesome. You've got to listen to it. Um, today, though, is, is week two. And today, one of the big focuses that I'm going to have today is I'm going to focus and talk to those of you who aren't married, those who are single. Those people, because for me, honestly, I have such a heart for singles. If you were here last week, you did hear Matt um, tell a story that basically I was engaged to a girl. I was two months from getting married to her, and, he, and we were like really close to getting married. Then he's like, hey man, you shouldn't marry her. And he was right, I shouldn't have married her, and I didn't marry her, which is awesome. And so for me, um, I ended up marrying someone who's like so right for me, as opposed to what was going to happen, so right for me that I have a heart for people who are in that stage and looking for a spouse and kind of going through that. So like for me, although if you're dating someone that you're not sure about and you think maybe it's not going to work, I'm the wrong guy to talk to because if, <laughs> because if it's not supposed to be there, I'll get in your business. Because for me, I don't want you to marry the wrong person either because I was about to and I don't want you to. But let me, let me encourage you, if you're here today and you're not single and you find yourself married, um, over the next few minutes, let me just encourage you to listen to what I have to say in, in one of three different ways. The first one is, think about it with a single person in mind. That most likely God has put some, people, some single people in your life who could use what we're going to talk about today and could use some of the ideas of what we talk about today. The second way I want you to listen to it is with, if you have kids of any age who eventually are going to come to a place of being in a relationship and they find themselves in that single stage, this is going to be some helpful information. And the third way I want you to listen to it is basically in the overall, um, overall idea of what I have to say is going to be very applicable for where you are in your marriage and in your life. I'm going to refer to you guys and kind of talk to the married people a couple times during this message, but I really want you in this stage to figure out, okay, how, how does this apply to me in our marriage and do the work of actually applying it. So if you're married, I want you to listen in one of three ways, but uh, for those of you who are single, I'm just, again, I'm really glad to be able to talk to you guys today um, because just feeling like where I'm at in my stage, just so excited about being able to share with you guys. And let me kind of share the big overall thought 
that we're going to go through today and the bigger overall idea that we're going to talk about, and it's this. And, it's, and, and, and before I say it, let me just tell you, it's, it's a pretty simple football phrase, okay? When I say it, it's not going to be this mind-blowing, wow, I never even thought about that before. Woo, this is awesome. You're going to go, yeah, yeah, I understand that. It's pretty simple. And although it seems very simple and very obvious and very intuitive, what, what we're going to talk about today is sometimes we don't necessarily apply it to our lives. And here's, here's, a, here's, a, here's, a, here's a, the principle. The way that you approach the off-seasons of your life will determine the way that you play the big games of your life. I'll say it again because it's not on the screens. The way that you approach the off-seasons of your life will determine the way that you play the big games of your life. In other words, our life has rhythms. Sometimes it's intense, and then it goes down. It's intense, it goes down. Well, throughout the rhythms of our lives, we have different events and different things that happen that we would classify as the big games of our life. Marriage is one of them. Having kids is one of them. Going to college is a big one. Getting your first job out of college is a big game that we would say, these are the big games of our life. And the way that we approach the off-season or the time before we go into those big games will determine how we do in those big games. The way that you approach college will determine how you do in your job when you get out of college, and so on and so forth. And this is so obvious as it, as it pertains to football. It is so obvious to us as we kind of look at football to say, we realize the off-season is so important in football. In fact, if you want to get to be a better player, you want to be faster, you want to be stronger, you really want that experience to be good, then most likely you're going to focus on it through, or you're going to focus on the off-season to do that. You're not going to become a better player during the season. During the season, you're going to play the games and make little tweaks, but if you're going to get faster, you're going to do it in the offseason, and you're going to work out in the offseason. Championships are not necessarily won during the season. They are won in the offseason, and if you can do the hard work in the offseason, then you'll be ready to play the big games. And for us, as we approach the big games of our lives, or as we approach the big games, the way that we view the offseason before the big games will determine how we play in those big games. The reason why I wanted to talk about this principle with singles is not because marriage is, not because marriage is like the big game that life starts once you get married. That's not what it is. The, the reason why I want to talk to you today and talk about this is because a lot of times in life as singles, and I did this and a lot of people that I talk to even throughout the week do this, we sometimes view that stage of life as if it does not count. And, that, and, and here's what I mean by that. We approach, we approach the single life and we go, when I get married, then I will change. When I get married, then I'll stop doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I realize I party and I'm kind of out and I'm doing things I'm maybe not supposed to do. And when I get married, I'll stop doing that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, okay, okay. I realized that last night I went out, I did some things that I wouldn't feel comfortable telling you in a church, maybe in a high school, but not in a church, definitely not in a church. I don't feel completely comfortable with. But you know what? When I get married... I'll stop doing all that. For some of us, we look at stuff that we shouldn't look at on the internet, and we go, yeah, 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 I know I'm struggling with that right now, but when I get married, I ain't going to mess with that at all. When I get married, then I will change. And some of us, even with our finances, you know, you heard Pastor Matt talk a couple weeks ago about our budget, and we look at it in a, in a single mindset, we go, yeah, 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 yeah. When, when, I, when I get married, then I'll start saving. Then I'll make a budget. Then I'll start giving. That was my story, honestly. For me, I just kind of, I, I look back on the stage when I was single before, before I got married, and I think, what did I do with all my money? And not that I had a lot of money, but I look at my bills compared to my life, and I go, man, what was I doing then? And I look at it, and I go, and, and here's, my, here's what I used to say, ah, I'm not very good with my budget. When I get married, then I will change. When I get married, then I'll change the way I live, change the way my finances are, change my life. When I get married, then I will change. 
And if we were to be honest and go around and kind of talk to all of us who are single here today, we would say that there are probably things in our world that we know aren't right, but we're saying that we're going to fix them once we get married. But yeah, 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 Mike, I agree with you. There's some things in my world that aren't 100%, and when I get married, we'll fix it. And when we say that, let me kind of give you the illustration. Here's what we say. When I get married, I know I'm kind of living out here in left field a little bit, but when I get married, I, when I meet the person I'm supposed to marry or when I get serious in a relationship, I, in that moment, I'm going to begin to build a foundation upon which my marriage will stand. And I'm going to build a foundation that will need to be there in, in order for us to have the amazing marriage that we see in our head. But when I meet that person, I'll do that. But until then, Mike, come on, I don't need to do that right now because I can kind of live off here. But when I meet that person, suddenly I will begin to build this foundation. And the problem with that thought process and the problem with that mindset is that when you go into and you meet that person and then you get married and you cross that line, you go into that stage, what happens is you don't begin to build a mind or build a foundation when you get married. You go into marriage and you go into relationships with the foundation that you've been building in this stage of your life. And we think, oh, I can just build it once it gets there, and suddenly everything will just kind of magically change, and we'll kind of work through it. But it doesn't work that way. We are building a foundation now, and the foundation that we have now will carry us into the next stage. You think, and sometimes we think, we'll just build the foundation in the process. But that is almost the same thinking as a football player saying, we don't need to work on passing. Well, come on. We have, a, we have how many games this season? I mean, we have so many weeks. We can work on it then, Right? I mean, it's just catching a ball. Everybody can catch a ball. I don't need to work out. You know what? We don't need to go on the offseason. We don't need training camp. We don't need to go through any of that. We don't need to work through that stuff right now. We'll do it during the game. And you think, no, 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 that's just silly to think about that in football. And yet when it pertains to our life, we tend to do that. And we go, we don't need to work on it right now. When we get married and kind of cross over that serious line, then we will work on it. Because our foundation is being set now. And if you don't approach this phase of your life that way, if you don't approach this singleness phase of your life, then you could be setting your marriage up for failure. You could be sabotaging the future that you so desperately want to have. Jesus actually gives us a great example of what foundations are um, in the New Testament. And in Matthew chapter 7, verse 26, he says this. He says that, uh, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who has built his house on sand. So in other words, let me kind of show you what he's talking about. He says, listen, if you know what you're supposed to be doing, and yet you choose to do otherwise, it's like you're building your foundation on sand. That, that, that if you find yourself at a place where, yeah, yeah, I know that maybe I shouldn't be doing this, maybe this doesn't seem right, but you do it anyways... He says, you're building a foundation on saying, yeah, 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 I know I shouldn't be looking at stuff on the internet. I got it, Mike. I know I'm not, but you know what? This is the stage that I'm in. I'll change it later. You're building a foundation on sand. He says, if you're going through all this, and if you're using all these excuses and saying, when I get married, then I will change. When I go through this, then I'll change. He says, this is kind of what you're like. It's like you're on a foundation of sand. And the reason why that's so important, he goes on in verse 27. He says, the rain came down. The streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. The rain came down, the winds blew, the streams rose. Listen, you know what happens in marriage? Rain comes down, okay? Streams rise, winds blow. You know the, you know the phrase, when it rains, it pours? 
a married person came up with that. I'm just telling you. Listen, listen, if you have financial problems as a single person, you can go live in your car, okay? Or you have a friend that you can go live with and be roommates. But when you're married and you lose your job, your wife goes, how are you going to provide for me? I mean, that is just all kinds of stressful, okay? Rain falls, wind blows. Listen, if you think that you can just get new in-laws and it's not going to blow, it blows. I mean, it, that's not really what I'm saying, but it's, it does. That's not really where I was going with that. Oh, that's kind of what I mean. At times, not always, they're going to listen to this, but at times it can be tough. Um, streams will rise. Listen, listen, when you get to a place and you find yourself in a married, married, Sometimes conflict just happens. And you guys, you fight about the stupidest things, right? I mean, the dumbest things that happen, you fight about. My wife and I, we have, um, we have a three-year-old son. His name's Karsten. He's like the cutest kid um, in the world. But he, I talked about it last time I spoke, and I'm going to talk about it again. He has this thing. He loves beating up people. That's like his deal. He loves it, okay? He's, he's really into it. And so, and so for us, we have that kid. We have that kid that you walk away from parties from and go, they must not be parent that kid right. Like, they need to spank him. You know, I mean, we have that kid. That everyone kind of goes, oh, man, he is just rough. I mean, he's the one who just goes around and finds the people and beats them up. And, he, you know, he's back in the toddlers right now beating up your kid. And he's just that kid who's just kind of doing that. And he's just in that place. So Leanne and I have talked a couple times about what to do. So one day, Leanne's hanging out with some friends who have a kid who's like the Dalai Lama, like hugging everybody, the nicest little kid in the world. Like, you want to beat up their parents because they're such good kids, you know what I mean? Like, you're just like, come on, are they really that good of parents? Their kid didn't do anything wrong. So she's hanging out with them one day. So I get home from work, and she says to me, and, and she says to me, I think we need to work on Karsten's aggressiveness. And I'm thinking, okay, now, it, here's one thing you got to know about the story. He likes this movie. It's called Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> Which, I know this is going to surprise you, is kind of a violent movie at times. It's a cartoon, and there's like a panda who knows Kung Fu, which is cool and awesome. And she goes, I think he needs to stop watching Kung Fu Panda. And I don't know what it is, and again, you fight for something sometimes, and you look back on it and think, why did I do that? But for some reason, I had this, he's a boy, he needs to fight, and he needs to, rah. For two days, we fought about Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> two days! Kung Fu Panda, come on! Okay. Winds blow, streams rise, rain comes. And the way that you handle those situations will, de will be determined by the foundation that you stand on. It will be determined by the foundation that your marriage is built on. Because if you can fight for two days about Kung Fu Panda, the big ones are tough. The big ones are tough. But if you can view your marriage, if you can view your marriage differently, and if you can or view this stage of your life as preparing for something greater, as a foundational time for something more, look what Jesus says. He says in verse 24, he says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall. It did not fall. Because it had its foundation on the rock. He says, if you build a foundation that's strong, that you can build on, then when you walk into your marriage and walk into that stage of life where your foundation is strong, then when the rain comes and the fights happen and tragedy occurs and money problems happen and life throws things at you that you didn't expect and it just messes you up, you have a hard time. 
The way that you handle that will be determined by the foundation that you stand on. And if it is strong, your marriage will be strong. But if it is weak, your marriage will fall. And your marriage will be weak. The reason why, another reason why this is so important is essentially because you attract who you are. It's kind of that phrase, you attract who you are. And if your foundation is not weak and not strong, the type of people that you will begin to attract are people with weak foundations. In other words, if, you're, if, if you can't figure out, ladies, let me just say this, if you can't figure out why all the guys that you're with are jerks, there's a chance you're attracting the jerks, okay? Let me just tell you this. If you, if you use a phrase, and I've heard this before, and it just makes me want to just jump up and down, just kind of like frustrated. It, if you use the phrase, well, if I don't sleep with him, he might leave me. Let him leave, okay? Because you don't want to end up with someone with that foundation. Now, men, listen. If you're with a girl who's crazy, crazy, okay? Like first-class ticket, take you to crazy town. Okay? Like, like, take you there and just like, wow, she's, like, I literally think she needs a counselor. She's not, I'm just off the wall. Listen, there's a good chance the reason why she's attracted to you is because you got a little crazy in you. There's a reason why. Hey, listen, oh, I just wish I could get a better girl. I wish I could be, I wish I could figure out a better way to be with a girl. Listen, if you're going to be a jerk to her, don't expect her to be awesome. If, you're gonna, if your foundation is going to be messed up and you're going to go behind your back and do things and then expect her to be awesome, you've got to fix your foundation first. If you want better, you have to be better. If you want better, your foundation has to be stronger. And if you find yourself in a place where you're just around people that you don't like and think, man, they're just losers, there's a good chance. Here's the secret. You're the loser. I'm just telling, I can talk about this probably for a little while. I'm just telling you, I hear, I hear women all the time talk about, well, guys are all just jerks. They're not. They're not. Okay? The way that you find the guys who aren't the jerks is you build a strong foundation upon which you stand because then all the jokers who come and try to hook up with you, they don't stand a chance because you stand on your strong foundation going, mm-mm, mm-mm, that ain't going to happen. Mm -mm. And then the guys with the strong foundations who actually want to treat you good and be nice and honor you the way that they should, they come along and you go, that's what I'm talking about. But right now, you're standing on your weak foundation looking at the man who's on the strong foundation going, I wish I could give myself a man like that. <laughs> this is how, okay? If you want better, be better. If you want men with a strong foundation, have a strong foundation. Men, if you want women that are stronger than what you got, that are not, you're not worried about if you've got to trust them or not, that are not that messed up and taking you to crazy town, you've got to fix your foundation. If you want better, be better. I'm, I'm about to get it right now. I'm just like... Um, I don't know where I'm at right now. Um, and, oh, and let me say this. This is a little bit more of the rant. If you think, and we see this all the time, if you think that you can stand on your strong foundation and look over to the person their weak foundation and think, oh, I think I can help them, okay? Oh, I think all they need is someone that can help them. I know they're not a Christian, but maybe if I start dating them. Listen, doesn't happen. You know what you call a house with a strong, half strong and half weak foundation? A house that's waiting to fall. 
That's what that is. The Bible says, do not be unequally yoked. And if you're going out, trying to hook up with someone, going, well, she's cute. Listen, cuteness does not make up for crazy. I mean, that's just the way it works. <laughs> she ain't that cute, and she's going to get older. So, no, listen, doesn't matter. You tell me at 3 a.m. and she's yelling at you if she's cute. I'm just telling you, she's not that cute. She's not that cute. Um, so, okay, so what am I talking about? <laughs> um, yeah, so, okay, so we need a strong foundation. We kind of understand that. Now, if you are single, here's, here's the tendency, I think, to push back against this. Okay, Mike, I hear you, and I'm with you, and this is great, and I, I, I'm with you. But, but I'm single right now. Isn't this my stage to explore? Isn't this my stage where I go out and kind of sow the wild oats and do some things that I'm never going to do again and just sort of mess some things up? Let me just tell you this. There are people in this church right now that are divorced that, that if they could sit down with you, they would beg you to listen to me. There are people who, who, who stood on, this, on, the, on the weak foundation and they crossed the line and they never took it seriously, they never got in the serious foundation, and they got married and the marriage fell apart. And they would sit down and they'd go, listen, just listen to them. Just listen to them. It's true. It's real. I know you want to be in that weak foundation, but you just got to listen to them. Work at the foundation. Make it strong. They would beg you and they would ask you. And there are people, there are people even that, that got married based on their strong foundation, thinking that they could, they could bring up their spouse. And every week they come to church alone. And every week they're alone at home. Because they thought, maybe I can fix them. Maybe I can fix her. And they realized they couldn't. And they would sit down with you, and they would beg you and ask you. And if you want better, you have to be better. If you want better than what you got, you have to be better than what you are. So how do we do that? How do we make sure that we get better? Again, we all want better. And in our head, and I would guess this about you and and about me, and, and if you're single and you, and, and you don't see marriage in your future, that's, that's actually cool. That's biblical. That's awesome. I still think this applies. And if you're married, I still think this applies. I think, I think if your marriage is not what it wants to be, what you want it to be, and you look at it and you go, yeah, my, our foundation is a little bit messed up. We got married with a bad foundation. I think that's the reason why these problems happen. I still think this applies to you. And, and, and this is just kind of a side note. I think that if you're here today and you're married and you find yourself in a church in a high school, and a, and a message that's all about being single, I think maybe God has a reason for you to be here today. I think there's a chance that God has you today to say, you may think this is a two-minute warning to the end of the game. This is halftime. And there's a chance that even though what you're going through, there's a chance that God wants you to be here today to say, okay, it's not too late to fix the foundation. It's going to be harder because you've been building on it. It's going to be tougher because you've kind of gone through it. But it's not too late to fix the foundation and actually walk into the second half and win the game. Some of you are going, I'm just, we're just about to give up. I think the reason why you're here today is so God can speak that to you. Say so it's not the end of the game. It's, it's not the end of the game yet. So how do, we, how do we make sure? Because again, we all want better. In your head, if you're, if you're single, you do this, I do this. We all did this when we were single. We saw ourselves 20 years after we were married happy. I and mean, we saw it, and it was awesome. We didn't see the fighting. We didn't see the angry. We didn't see any of the messed up stuff that goes along sometimes with marriage. We saw joy, happiness, and that we were in love 20 years down the road. And if that's you, if you find yourself in that place, how do we get better than what we have? How do we be better 
in the process. I want to talk through three fundamentals. I'm going to talk to these real quick because I think we get the idea. I'm just going to talk about these three fundamentals that I think are important when trying to make your foundation strong. The reason why I want to talk about these three, and I picked these three, is because these three are basically the leading causes of divorce. And if you could address these three things and work through these three things, and if you could, you could fix these and make these strong, most likely you would make sure that your marriage did not come near the divorce thing. That most likely, it won't necessarily guarantee that it's going to be completely awesome all, all the time, but it will definitely divorce-proof your marriage in a lot of ways. So there are three things. I'm going to go through them quick. Three things are communication, temptation, and money. Okay? Communication, temptation, and money. If you were to try to figure out why people get divorced, these are three of the essential ways. There are other, ways, other reasons why, but these three are huge. And these three are important to make strong. When I say communication, here's what I mean. Number one, communication. Here's what I mean. Any communication issues are usually not external. They're internal. The communication issues that you have with people are internal. Anger is internal. Insecurity is internal. When someone says something to you and you get all offended about it, that's internal. Jesus says, Jesus says for out of the overflow of the mouth, the heart speaks. In other words, when you react to something... That is coming from your heart. You got to fix it. You got to work through it. For me, it was anger. I had anger issues. People would do stuff, I just get angry. People would say stuff, I just get angry. For me, the way that I fix that is I went to a counselor. I went to a counselor that I could basically talk to and work through and sort of walk through that whole process with. And I sat down and said, I have anger issues and I don't know what to do about this. And he walked me through it. I went there for over a year. Listen, and if you find yourself at a place where you have internal issues that come out in communication that you can't seem to pinpoint, let me suggest you might need a counselor. And I know, it's, I know what people say when I tell them that, because I, I, that I, I say that a lot. People say, but, but if you go to a counselor, I mean, you, you have to like talk through all your junk, and you almost, going to a counselor is almost like admitting there's something wrong with me. Let me help you here. There's something wrong with you, Okay. <laughs> Something wrong with you. If you have anger issues, there's something wrong with you. The only difference, listen, if you have insecurities, there's something wrong with you. The only difference between you and me is that you won't admit it. I can see that you're standing on the weak foundation. You just don't want to admit you're standing on the weak foundation. People don't go, they are so healthy. You know what people say? Behind your back, they're a mess. They won't tell you because you yell at them. They are a mess. They need help. Okay? Go to a counselor. Find somebody. We have counselors on our website, on nextlevelchurch.com. And these are all people that are, how do you get on our website? These are all people that our staff have gone to. Because we've had issues that we've had to work through. Go to counseling. The second one is this. Temptation. Temptation. We all have temptations. This could go from moral to, you know, everything from having an affair to pornography to all that stuff. Um, to alcohol and drugs, even financially. You just, you're, you're not disciplined in some different areas. Temptation will haunt all of us. And if you fall to temptation, you will all but destroy a future marriage. You've got to make sure that you can withstand and overcome the temptations that come your way. The two ways for me working through this, one is accountability. Here's what accountability is. Accountability is making sure that everybody knows your junk, or somebody knows your junk, not everybody. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> Guess what I did this week? Woo! Um, it, it is making sure that somebody knows your junk. Which means, you know that thing in the back of your head that, that I could just say this and, and you'll think of it? What's the thing that you hope no one ever, ever, ever finds out? 
Someone should know that. Someone should know the thing in the dark place of your heart. There should be someone who has a flashlight in the dark places of your heart. They can go and see them whenever they need to. And then go and address them whenever they need to. Okay? And if you can do that, if you can work through that with someone, it helps you deal with temptation in huge ways. This is, this is such a big principle, honestly. Pastor Matt, Pastor Scott, and myself, every Wednesday, we sit down and we give each other flashlights. And we look in the dark places and say, hey, this is what I'm struggling with. This is what I'm going through this week. And it helps us fight temptation. The second thing is truth, the truth. Uh, I heard this, this is about a month ago, and it's been changing my world, honestly, so it's still kind of a new thought for me. But basically, temptation is a specific lie that is offering you something that cannot deliver. And the way that you fight those lies is with truth. So what I've been doing is, I've been writing out what, what I'm tempted with, and I'm memorizing scripture. Because for me, then when something happens, I can just quote a scripture. And it's the weirdest thing, and it's amazing. As soon as I quote the scripture, the temptation all but goes away. Because you address a lie with the truth, and you go through that. So temptation, we're all tempted, but it can wreck your marriage. You've got to get, you've got to hold on to that. You've got to make sure that's okay. And then the third one is money. Third one is money. 57%, no, uh, well, the verse right there is John 8, 32. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Okay? If you're struggling with temptation, the truth will set you free. Um, the third one is money. 57% of divorced couples in the United States cited their financial problems as the primary reason for the demise in their marriage. This is according to a survey done by Citibank, a credit card company. This is 57%. And if the divorce rate in America is 50%, you know what that means? 25% of all marriages end because of money. If in this stage of your single life, if you can figure out how to deal with your money and live by a budget and learn how to save and learn how to give and work through that process, if you can do that and carry that into your marriage and find someone like that, you eliminate so much chance. And if you can work through these three things and make sure that you're solid, and here's what you hope. Here's what you hope. You hope your future spouse would hear this message and do this thing. They're hoping that for you too. They're hoping that they're hoping that right now you're hearing some message and that you're making sure that whatever's weak in your foundation, that you are making it strong. And what if it were possible? What if it were possible as you get into marriage that you actually like it in five years? What if you actually love your spouse in 20 years? What if it were possible that when your spouse leave home, and, or when your, not spouse, when your kids leave home and you're old and you kind of grow in that age, what if you could still really, really, really be in love with your spouse? What if you could find yourself in a place where divorce never came up, it was never an issue, and you every day, even though through the arguments and through the fights and through the things, you were still happy, still had joy, you still were in love. I think that's possible. And if you're single, I think that has everything to do with this stage of your life, not the next stage of your life. And let me say this to the people who are married, those of you in here. I said it earlier. I think this is your halftime. I think this is your locker room, and I'll just kind of put myself as your coach, okay? I think that God has you here today because he is saying your foundation can still be set up right. And if your marriage is not everything it needs to be, I think you need to go out to lunch after this or talk tonight after the kids go to bed or do something and say, hey, this, these are the areas we need to work on. 
And I don't know if it's communication. I don't know if it's temptation. I don't know if it's money. But, man, we need to talk to somebody about it. We need to go see a marriage counselor. We need to work through that. And we need to get through it. Because our foundation is not what it needs to be. And we don't, I, don't, I don't see this working in 10 years. I want to be happier than this. I want to do more than survive. And I want to go through that. And what if our marriages, what if, what, if, what if this church could start the process, but what if our marriages could be the thing that people look at and make others and our friends and our neighbors want to come and meet who Jesus is? I think that if we have marriages on strong foundations and if we can approach this stage of our lives as foundation-setting stages, then we will have strong foundations and we will show people what love is like and what marriage is really supposed to be. So I'm going to have you guys close your, close your eyes and bow your head and just kind of give you a, a couple of opportunities to respond to what I have to say. Um, if you're single and you find yourself at a place where you just, through what I'm talking about today, you realized, yeah, my, my foundation isn't what I'm supposed to be. And you've kind of been using the excuse, when I get married, then I'll change. If that's you and you want to come across the line um, and really begin to build that stronger foundation, if you want to come across the line and really say, God, I'm not sure how to do this. I'm not sure how to go through this, but I need you. Maybe, maybe you're struggling with communication, some internal issues. Maybe you're struggling with temptation. Or maybe you just can't figure out the money thing and it's just tough for you. But you want to say, God, today I want to draw a line in the sand and I want to look back in this moment and point to this day as a day when I started getting my foundation strong. If that's you, just lift your hand. Just in a response to say, God, that's me. That's where I want to be. Good. You can put them down. If you're married today and you're here and this message is like, like just sticking it to you and you're thinking, man, our foundation is not as strong as what I want it to be and it's tough and I need, we need to work on this. And if that's you and you need to respond to God and God, say, God, help me. Give me, give me, give me courage for, for hard conversations. Give me wisdom. Just raise your hand in response to that and say, God, help me in this. It's awesome. It's awesome. Well, God, We've lifted our hands in response. Because if we're single today, we want a stronger foundation. We, we, want, we want better. So God, help us be better. God, we want amazing marriages. We want amazing futures. We want a strong foundation. God, for those of us who are married, we want better. Help us to be better. We want better marriages. Help us to figure that out. We want to be happy. We want this to be the halftime and not the end of the game. We want to work through this, Jesus. So we ask that you would help us in that process. Give us strength. Give us courage today as we leave for courage for hard conversations, courage to endure the pain that is to come, resetting foundations. And God, we ask that you would help us through this process. In Jesus' name, amen.